So um, three boys were in the schoolyard bragging about who had the better father. It's a very common thing when you are young and you're talking about whose dad can beat up who. The first boy says, my dad scribbles a few words on a piece of paper and calls it a poem and they give him $100. The second boy says, that's nothing. My dad scribbles a few words on a piece of paper, calls it a song, and they give him $1,000. The third boy says, my dad, my dad's even better. He scribbles a few words on a piece of paper, calls it a sermon, and it takes six or eight men just to collect all the money. <laughs> so hopefully you will feel like I've done more than scribbled a few words on a piece of paper for you this morning. <clears throat> so today we want to honor Father, so I'm calling our sermon Honoring Fatherhood, and I want you to see where I'm coming from, so I want you to go to Psalm 8 with me, if you would. Psalm 8 in the NIV with verse 1, it says this, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. I want to make sure Chris is with me. You got it? You have set your glory in the heavens through the praise of children and infants. You have established a stronghold against your enemies. I just love it how God uses the most innocent and the weakest to bring down satanic powers. This is not only uh, actual children of a certain age but it's also the childlike jesus said unless you're like a child you can't even get into the kingdom of god you got to be humble so when we worship in here like we do that's humility that's childlikeness not worrying about our image but just worshiping the father and it causes satan to fall back because we are exercising humility pride cares uh, a lot about what it looks like humility doesn't to silence the foe and the avenger when i consider your heavens the work of your fingers the moon and the stars which you have set in place what is man or mankind that you are mindful of them? You ever thought about that? I mean, God that slung the galaxies into existence. And we're, this, we're just little pieces of dust on this tiny little ball in this massive galaxy among galaxies. And yet God thinks about you. <laughs> That's awesome. We're talking about fatherhood today. That you're mindful of them, human beings, that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels. Now, here we go. And crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks, herds, and animals. That's why you see the human race and the animal kingdom are two completely separate kingdoms. We are higher than the animal kingdom. We are not made as animals. We're made in the image of God. Uh, you've given a, You put everything under our feet. Birds of the... Sky, the fish of the sea, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. God created you with honor. And Satan will spend your lifetime trying to strip you of that honor. That's his passion. is to strip you of the honor that you were created with. That's why he tries to get you and I to dishonor one another with our words, our actions, and our attitudes. We literally, the Bible teaches us that we have the power to give honor to one another or take honor from one another. By the words we speak, the way we behave toward one another, the way we treat one another. The Bible even says, husbands, give honor to your wife. How? By living with her with understanding. And then he says this, lest, lest your prayers be hindered. In other words, your father in heaven will not, will not allow you to treat his daughter that way. And so when you go to pray and your prayers aren't being answered, it's because dad in heaven says, you can't treat my daughter like that. God takes honor very seriously. This is why he tells us to honor our mothers and fathers. Why? Because when you and I dishonor someone, how many have ever felt dishonored before? Everyone should raise their hands in this place or you have a lying spirit and we'll have the Sozo team deal with you. We've all felt dishonored. We you know what it feels like. You feel devalued, unappreciated. We've all felt that and we've all done it to others because you're not Jesus. We have all dishonored and we've all been dishonored. What happens when you feel dishonored? 
What happens on the inside of you? You become defensive. Right? The shame shield goes up. Right? Give no quarter, take no quarter. You stay in your corner, I'll stay in my corner. Satan loves that. Why? Because blessings flow between human beings. Right? What I have, I have things to offer you. You have things to offer me. We all have things to offer one another. Wisdom, uh, resources, joy, uh, empathy. Right? I mean, we all have gifts, talents. We all have things to share with one another. When we feel honored, it causes our gates to open up and we flow back and forth. We honor one another and we give. When you feel dishonored, you shut off. This is why... Let me back up. So in Genesis chapter 1, you don't have to go there, Chris. In Genesis chapter 1, God created man and woman in his image. So the man and the woman together reflect the perfect glory and nature of God. He creates Adam, takes Eve out of Adam, created them in his image. Then he Now, this is what I'm wanting to get to today. As a father imparts his nature and the fullness of his blessing through the husband and wife, the mother and father, into the next generation. That's why in the Ten Commandments, it's a commandment, not a suggestion, a commandment to honor your father and your mother. Why? Because God's blessings flow through the father and mother into the next generation. So what Satan works overtime to do is jack the relationships between parents and children. So the children do not get the blessings of the mother and father from the father in heaven flowing through. That's why the last thing the book of the last thing the Old Testament says before it closes and goes into the New Testament. The last thing is God says, I will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children's to the father. So that healing can happen. Didn't say the mothers. You see, in our society, we're getting so confused. uh, Out of the uh, battle and the war of the sexes, which happened after the fall, it's always been, we are battling over our identity, our worth. We have felt dishonored by one another. Men and women dishonoring one another. And the women clearly have gotten the short end of the stick on that. But when they fight back, it gets really nasty. So you get the women's lib movement, and all of a sudden men don't know who they are. And we don't know whether to be tender or tough, and it gets all messed up. And the battle is over, um, you know, who's the best. So the girls wear, you know, girls rule and boys drool. You know, it starts at that age level, right? And, and, it, and it's a battle over uh, who's, who's best. The reality is, from God's perspective, men and women are absolutely equal. But different. And of course, Satan's working overtime to screw that up too, make that very confusing. But God's not confused. Men and women are different. Period. They're not better than, they're equal, but different. Because each each race, each um, gender, reflects a part of God's nature. I mean, men and women are just different, right? I've never seen a man breastfeed. Never seen a woman determine the sex of a child. Biologically, it comes from the man. I mean, it's just common sense, right? But, and look, our, our generation isn't the only one that's been screwed up. And on the day of Pentecost, when Peter's preaching, he preached an incredible sermon, and he tells them to be saved from this perverse generation. Perversity, the confusing of gender identity, is nothing new. It's been the work of the enemy since the very beginning because he's trying to distort the glory of God by confusing the human race and create, causing us to dishonor one another. So moms and dads are just different. I mean, you know, a dad's out playing with, with his you know, little five-year-old son playing basketball and the son falls down and skins his knee and runs inside and screaming bloody murder. What's the mother do? You know, gathers him up in her arms. Oh, Comforts him, you know, puts Bactine on it, puts a little Band-Aid on it, tells him he's got a bright future. It's all going to be okay. The dad's out there still shooting hoops waiting for him to come back out, right? He comes back out. You okay? Yeah, great. It's your ball. You just wasted about five minutes. Come on. The sun's going down. Let's go. 
Moms, moms and dads are just different. The son needs both of those, by the way, ladies. Here's something a dad, here, here's something a dad does that a mom would never do. The day before Thanksgiving, an elder, elderly man in Phoenix called his son in New York and said to him, I hate to ruin your day, son, but I have to tell you that your mother and I are divorcing. 45 years of misery is enough. We're sick of each other. And so you call your sister in Chicago and tell her. Frantic, the son calls his sister, who explodes on the phone. Like, heck, they're getting divorced, she shouted. I'll take care of this. She called Phoenix immediately and said to her father, you are not getting divorced. Don't do a single thing until I get there. I'm calling my brother back and we'll be there in the morning. Until then, don't do a thing. Do you hear me? The man hung up the phone, turned to his wife and said, okay, honey, the kids are coming for Thanksgiving and and paying for their own flights. (laughs) Now, a mom would never do that. Mom and dads all provide the same things. They just do it in different ways. If I were to boil down what a dad, what a dad's passion is, is what Phil said in his uh, interview from CBN. We watched a video. You can see it on our website. Uh, Christian Broadcast Network did an interview with Phil and Christina. And, and, and Phil's business was suffering. And he asked, you know, as was praying to God, and, and God just said to Phil, what do you want to do? And Phil just started crying right there on the screen. and um, he, likes to, he likes to stoke the crowd like that. But he's crying and he said, I just want to provide for my family. That's what a dad boils down to. We just love to provide. It's a joy for us to provide. I wonder where we get that from. What what do dads provide? It it shows up in so many different ways. Protection, security, encouragement, confidence, competency, accountability, wisdom, strength, compassion, problem-solving, fixing stuff, daring, hardworking, nurturing, affirming, into the wife's chagrin fun because the dad's kind of fun is usually dumb fun and uh you know like when we you know moved into our house up in Escondido or up in uh, Ramona there was an overhang right by the pool and of course you know why they built that overhang Exactly. Three dads, just like that, to jump off it into the pool. Of course that's why it's there. We first move in. I'm up there with my kids. We're jumping off into the pool. And, of course, Hope hears it, and she comes out. And, of course, what are you doing? We're jumping off the roof into the pool. Why do you think they built the roof so close to the pool? (laughs) Nothing else crossed my mind. Or how about driving down the driveway and there are the kids on their skateboards, you know, and just in his wheelchair. And I'm going to, I'm pretending like I'm running them over with the car. <laughs> and there's Nana in the garden going, Wah! Dads just are different. Or how about when you're picking up your kids from junior high or high school and you pull up and you are blaring the 70s classic rock with the windows down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, the dads are back going, yeah, rock on. The, kid, the teenagers love it. Or how about at their sporting events when the dad's up there, you know, doing the victory dance up in the stands. Yeah. This is what dads bring. Without dads, the, the planet would be pretty boring. You know, you, you have to admit that. But fathering can be really overwhelming at times. I always feel like I'm falling short as a dad. <laughs> Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Tell me moms and dads aren't different. I say that, a mother says, aw, and a dad says, that's life. You need... You need both halves of God. Huh? 
Oh, I like that's life better. I'm going to use that. It worked better for my sermon. As a dad, I always feel like I can be doing a better job. Dads, raise your hands if that's you. Okay, I'm not going to tell you how to do a better job today. We don't do that at the Gathering Place Church. We honor you on Father's Day. We don't give you 13 points on how to be a better dad. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Gary will teach that next week. So here's the good thing I want to say to you dads today. This is really, really, really important for you to hear to get the shame off. Because dad, men don't like to fail. We avoid things we're not good at. That's why wives, if you're criticizing your husband all the time, that's why he stays at the office so long. Guys don't like to fail. We avoid things we're not good at. And so then you become a father and then you see your children beginning to imitate you and you get very intimidated because you realize they're going to adopt your good and bad. So dads work overtime trying to be the best dad they can out of fear that they're going to damage their children. And so here's, here's the thing that has so empowered me as a dad. It was such good news. Fatherhood does not begin and originate with you. You have a dad in heaven. And he loves to provide. So God fathers through you to your children. That's why I'm always like this with God. How wide can I get my my receiver? Right? I mean, I am I am drawing everything from the Father I can possibly draw. And I'm telling you, He is I'm telling you this is real stuff. This isn't just some cute sermon. This is heaven on earth. I mean this is Talk, I mean, talk about dads. We've got it. We've got a, a unique position. We are fathers, and he calls himself a father. So we come to our Father in heaven, and we get his wisdom, his love, his power, his financial provision. He loves to provide just like you do. You love providing for your kids. God loves providing for you as you provide. That's why the Bible says he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Because you're going to need some. Because now you have to cover his daughter. So you need more stuff. You need greater capacity. And the father loves to provide. I have to tell you a story I've told so many times, but it comes up every time I do Father's Day because it's just so remarkable. I taught on the father heart of God one one day, one year. And... Um, Hope and I had just been believing God for a house, and we had no money, no money in the bank. I didn't make enough money to obtain a loan, and we needed $20,000 for a down payment on a house to buy a house here in San Diego. And this was, uh, you know, what, 15 years ago or so? And so we asked the father for $20,000. And uh, so that uh, within a couple of weeks, I got a check in the mail for $20,000. And it was from a woman who was in my singles ministry 10 years earlier, hadn't seen her in 10 years. She was driving down Wildcat Canyon Road, and she said, God spoke to me and told me to give Pastor John a tour $20,000. Now, when I told my pastor friends this, they said, you should have asked for more. <laughs> I wasn't thinking fast enough, fast enough on my feet. And then she, with the check came a letter saying, you taught me about the Father heart of God and how he loves to provide. She, she put that note in with the check right after I taught the congregation about the Father heart of God. I'm just glad that the signs following the word preached was for me. Look what the book of Ephesians says. The Apostle Paul writing about the Father heart of God. Ephesians uh, chapter 3, 14 through 21 amplified. For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that Father from whom, say it out loud, all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. If you feel like you're not a good dad, just go hang out with your dad. Learn about him. Fix that relationship. Get tight with the Father God, and you're going to find his resources flowing through you. He wants to make you the best dad you could possibly be. And he can do it. 
May he grant you. Okay, see this? You got father and here comes provision. May he grant you out of his rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power and the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your inmost being and personality. Now I have to go with you up here because I don't have it in my notes. Keep going. May Christ through your faith, this is God's provision as a father, actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in the Father's love and founded securely on love that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp all with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. Now stay right there for a second, the experience of that love. Here's when, when the Bible talks about the Father's love for you in heaven, it's going to say here in a minute, it might say it right there, what is the breath of it's, his love is so far beyond human love that you can't just be told about it and know what we're talking about. Kind of, kind of like Isabel and I were talking the other day about the, uh, what's that ride called where you go all the way up to the top and they, they hang you there and then they drop you. What's it called? The big what? The big shot. The big shot. Well, I like that because that, that works for this. The big shot. You have to experience the big shot. Before you know what the heck we're talking about. That's what this is talking about. You have to experience it. Now, Belle and I are talking about it on the way to the fair. She went to the fair this week. And we were talking about the big shot. We are talking about, you know, oh, yeah, they hang you there and then they drop you. And you're trying to get the understanding of what the big shot is. After I picked up from the fair, I said, how would you like it? She goes, I hated it. They hang you up there forever. I mean, the exhilaration, the feeling, the, the fear, the, the rush. You, know, you can't get that through a conversation. I remember on Cedar Point used to be, had the highest roller coaster in the world about 150 years ago when I was a kid. And I used to go to Cedar Point in Columbus, Ohio. And I'm on this roller coaster and I heard about how awesome it was. But it wasn't until I was at the top of the top of the roller coaster and, you, and there's this black dot down. There looked like there was something on the track. I wasn't sure what that was. I didn't know it was the hole that the roller coaster and I in the roller coaster were going to go through. There's no way we're going to fit through that hole. And the closer you get, it starts getting a little bigger and bigger, but it's not going to get big enough. By the time I get there, I'm going to get decapitated. I'm in the fear, the rush, whoa, going through that tunnel. There's no way you can explain that to somebody. You have to experience it. It's the same thing with a father's love. You don't know a father's love. You don't know what a father's love feels like until you're a father. It is deep. But it's not nearly as deep as God's love for us as his children. I mean, you can say God's love is as deep as the ocean, but you can measure the, the ocean floor so it's deeper than that. God's love is literally unsearchable, which is why it takes the Holy Spirit to shed abroad the love of God in our hearts. I've experienced an encounter with God's love two or three times in the 30 years I've been walking with him. And I'm telling you, it just completely undoes you. All fear just absolutely leaves. All shame, all guilt, it just absolutely disappears when you have an encounter with his love. Those are special moments. But you can learn the Father's love and walk with Him and read the Word of God. You got to, man, you can't know the love of the Father without knowing the Bible. You've got to feed on your Father's words. They feed your spirit, the Holy Spirit. When you're feeding on God's words, the Holy Spirit takes Scripture and opens it up, and you be, you come to know the Father by knowing the Bible and knowing His words and being in His presence and worse and praying and feeling His heart. That's how you get to know the Father, and His Father love floods your hearts, and then you don't need the the, the applause of man. You don't need, you don't care how many likes you have on Facebook when you know the Father's love. Because He's the one that is telling you how wonderful you are, not people. Can I hear an amen? amen. Let's keep reading. What is the breadth, length, height, depth of it? Keep going. That you may really come to know and practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses, far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you may be filled through. That's why, we, that's why a charismatic church, that's why we worship the way we do. We're invoking the presence of God. That's experiencing God's presence, not just me teaching about it. Uh, 
that you may be filled through all your being until the, all the fullness of God. See, that's what the Father's after, for us to experience His fullness. God's love, to, Father's love to provide. That you may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God Himself. Now, watch God's provision here. Watch the Father in heaven. Now to him who by inconsequence of the action of his power that's at work within you as his child is able to carry out his purpose, which is what? To do super abundantly, far above, and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. To him be glory in the church and Christ Jesus through all generations. I mean, I act tough, but hope just calls me goosh. You know what goosh is? The Pillsbury Doughboy just kind of pushes tummy, his goosh, soft underbelly. You know, I act tough. You know, you have these rules and these boundaries and these standards, you know, but I'll take one of them out to go do an errand. And, of course, they're coming home with yogurt. Where'd you go, Dad? Now I got a burrito. Goosh. You know, I thought we were, we were, on, we were on a budget. Yeah, but, you know, God's a goosh. Look at him. Look what he, look what he wants to do for us. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could even ask, think, dare. God has gotten such a bad rap. The world doesn't know him. Most of us don't know him. He's the best dad on the planet and in heaven. He's our father. He didn't have to call us his father. He didn't have to use that terminology. He doesn't have to be a father to us. He chooses to be the best dad in the universe. I think about a testimony I just heard from, uh, from, from you guys, right? Do you guys have a moment? Would you come share this with us? Talk about the God, Father's provision. Would you guys? No, you both have to come up here. Come on. Come on. We're, we're not going to embarrass you. All right, come on down here. Okay, now your testimony. Thank you for being so bold. I don't even remember last week or the week before we showed her testimony. About, about the deliverance. Remember, we were talking about Jesus brings deliverance, right? This is, this is the sweetheart who, who came to the Gathering Place Church and Gary and Kathy. Um, let, me, let me say something. This is about fatherhood. I'm considered a, the spiritual father in this house. Just like every pastor is like a priest or a spiritual father of the home. That's one of my roles here in this house. One of my uh, passions, to, the way one of the, my passions to provide for you is to make sure there's moms and dads in the house, spiritual moms and dads that bring covering and provision and freedom. And so you come to this church and the church is not that our church is better than any other church. We just are not afraid of demons and we not to cast them out. And so you come and you tell Gary and Kathy, who are a mother and father in this house, a spiritual mom and dad in this house, your situation. They said, oh, we can take care of that in Jesus' name. You're like, what? It's a great testimony. See it on our website. And they get the devil off your back and you're free, right? Was that powerful? But now you guys got a a, a new testimony about, not about the devil, but about the father and how he provided for you guys. So let me grab this testimony, Mike. And uh, just take just a, a moment and tell us what your need was and how God provided for you. Okay. Oh, this does work. Yeah. All right. So um, my husband was deployed, as all of you know, for 10 months. And it was good because I had the car, you know, and I can drive anywhere I want. Well, when he was returning, we only had one car. and Welcome I had home, the... by the way, and thank you for your service. Yeah. Thank you, baby. <laughs> And uh, so we had needs. I needed a car, and he needed a car. Um, so we're on Facebook, and we're going back and forth, like, well, I need the car for work. And I'm like, huh, I need the car for kindergarten. And he's like, well, I need the car. And it had the potential to blow up into something big. And we could have fought before he even came home. So I just kind of said, you know what, we're both right in this situation. We both need a car, and we only have one car, and it's not like you can split it in half. So I'm done. I'll just give it to God, and we'll see what happens. And we both ended on a lovely note that night. I love you. I love you. Good night. Kiss. Done. And so what, the next day? Well, my solution to that was buying a motorcycle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot to mention. Dads and moms are different. Didn't I already say that? <laughs> he wanted to buy a motorcycle. No. No. <laughs> He's all, I'll just get, you know, one of the rockets. 
the little sports, you know, fast bikes. I'm like, no, no. Keep dreaming. Just keep dreaming. So um, We're going to jump off the roof together later. That'll yeah. be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'm going to give this to God. And I sent a little text right there. I'm going to give it to God. And like I said, it was done. So I think it was the next day or maybe the day after. It wasn't very long. Maybe like two days. No, it was actually about a week maybe. About a week? Yeah. Okay. Well, I have no concept of time. It's okay. So maybe about a week, and I think it was actually a few days. Um, <laughs> we're like, yeah. And we were talking, and uh, he goes, don't worry about the car. You can put butterflies on it, which I forgot to mention. I did that to force my husband to get another car. So it's got butterflies on it. He's like, go ahead and put butterflies on it because our problem's solved. And he messed around for a little while, and he told me, I just want a brand new car. And my mouth dropped. For like, I was like, how? How do you win a new car? I thought he was messing with me. And he said, no, um, I was entered. He didn't even enter the raffle. He was entered into a raffle on the ship where you win a brand new car. Um, <laughs> I was like, wow, right? <laughs> So <laughs> I couldn't believe it, and um, there is some kind of things that go along with a brand new car. You do need extra money, insurance, and whatever. And I'm like, how are we going to afford this? He goes, oh, well, I don't know either. So we just gave it to God, and he made rank. There was, like, very limited spots for E5, and he was one of the few that made it. Which, <laughs> yeah, right? Amazing. That is that is a great testimony. We won the car and also the money that we needed to cover the new expenses. Amen. 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 Great testimony, you guys. See, so that is, a, that is a father's provision. Your father in heaven, as a dad, I want you to never forget what just happened there. You need to never forget that because for the rest of your life as a father, you know that your father is going to provide for you as you provide for your family. It's, that's just it, your human resources are not the limitation of your fatherhood. Right? My dad was really rich, and then he wasn't. When he died, our inheritance got gobbled up by uh, a family member, and um, you know, Hope told me, when she married me and my dad was very, very, very wealthy, and she said, you know, you told me your dad was rich, uh, had money. You didn't tell me he had money. And then she said, I just want you to know I did not marry you for your money. Well, that got tested. And she's still here. So I must have something. Not quite sure what it is. I don't know why she's sticking around, but... But here's the thing. Here's the thing. We have a friend who's a, a state lawyer, and she says she's never seen a family do it well. Even Christian families. She'll see a family come in. She'll think this family's going to do it well. And she said they just end up fighting over money. Money brings out the best and worst in people. It depends on your heart. Money's powerful. When my inheritance disappeared unjustly, Hope and I did not miss a beat. Did not miss a beat. Why? We both have seen our Father in heaven provide for us. He's our source. And the kinds of provision that she and I have experienced from our God, you've heard so many testimonies in here about what God has done in our lives, stunned me. This last one you heard last week about her being invited to jump the master's program into the Ph.D. and they're going to pay for the whole thing. Just we're, our mouths drop open and we're just stunned at the Father's provision in our lives. We don't have to fret. I love this passage. Look at this. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Father, now this is where some in our culture, and I'm gonna, we're going to watch a video here in a minute and then we're going to bring it to a close. But I want to say this. In our culture, when we say that the father is the head of the home, it really makes some hairs go up on the back of the neck on some, of some women. Not understanding the divine order that God has created the world to work. Um, equal, but different. Different roles and responsibilities. 
Um, you notice in the Old Testament, God says, I'll, I'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. Fathers, um, the Bible says that, that God is the head of Christ, Christ is the head of the man, and the man is the head of the woman. Now, that sounds horrible to women until you understand the definition of head is life source, supply, provision. Every woman wants to be covered, protected, feel secure, loved, honored. That's what headship is for. Authority is for serving. It's not for domineering and controlling. I love being a dad. Three passions in my life is being a father, being a husband, being a son of God, and being a spiritual father here in this house. Those passions are equal. And the reason I like being a dad is because I'm in a, a position where I can bless my family. It's such a joy. Being a dad is a joyful expression of God's goodness. The dads aren't perfect. Dads, that's why you have to wear, I'm sorry and I blew it, like bullets in your bullet belt. You've got to be able to. Say, I'm sorry, I blew it. I'm sorry, I blew it. I'm sorry, I blew it. You know, as often as you have to. It's really important because you're not going to be perfect at this. And it's really important to honor your family by admitting when you have done wrong or else they will close up on you. But it doesn't. But don't let your mistakes define you. You have the mark of God. You are a father. You have God's fatherhood on the inside of you. You just have to learn how to develop that by being with the father. But dads, we need you. You are a gift. No one, no one can take your place. I want to say to those of you here today who don't have a father. If you don't have a father, there's two things I want to ask you to do. One, do not shut yourself off to fatherhood out of your pain. Because God is going to be trying to bless you with fatherhood through other father figures. And you're going to close off the provision of fatherhood into your life if you are well balanced when you have a chip on both shoulders. You've got to get rid of the chips and allow yourself to be fathered through other father figures. But secondly, I want to say this. When you have a void or a wound or a gaping uh, hole from fatherlessness, which you cannot get away from this when you're talking about fatherhood in our generation. It's just, you know, it's called the fatherless generation. Ninety percent of the men in prison, when interviewed, said they had a no or a horrible relationship with their father. Fatherhood is a pow- has a powerful influence. So when you lack it, um, there's, a, there's a, a wound or a void there. This is what I learned. The Father in heaven will fill that void. And that's not just a cliche. He will fill that void. And you will learn more about the fatherhood of God by not having a father than if you had a father. Because where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. So actually, if you are wounded, you're in a better position to know the Father better than anybody who's not wounded. Because the Father runs to that child who is screaming in pain. His dad's love to provide. So I want you to watch this video regarding the heart of God and fathering. Now we're full of 
Hope and I have seen uh, a lot of miracles in the last 30 years that we've been walking with the Lord in the last 20 years of marriage. I know many of you have as well, but I'm going to tell you something. I can I just tell story after story after story after story after story, but there's a whole different level of divine intervention that far overshadows any miracles I could tell you. And that's the category of when she and I chose, began, even made the decision to adopt. We saw God move governments. We saw God bring provision like we've never seen him bring money that we didn't even ask for. We saw him give us favor like we've never seen before. And that was when this scripture here became alive to me. A father to the fatherless. Why? A defender of widows. This is God. Whose dwelling is holy. God places the... God places. He gave hope a dream of where we would find the son he wanted us to adopt. God, God places the lonely in families. Because he knows we need to be in a family. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. God knows we need family. He knows we need a dad. And he is the father to the fatherless. That's why he gives us the church. And he says to us in 1 Peter, you should be like one big happy family. That's what the church is. It's the family of God. He's our father. We're brothers and sisters, and we're going to spend eternity together. You know, you may be here today, and you have had a, you know, there's either a good, bad, or ugly relationship with your dad. Good, bad, or ugly. I don't know where you are on that spectrum, but the Bible didn't say to honor your father if he deserves it. It says honor your father. Because when you do that, you're honoring God, and you're shutting the devil out and all of his destruction. When you honor your father, even when he doesn't deserve it, the father in heaven sees you honoring your father, and your father in heaven will honor you because of that. You've got to get rid of dishonor. It's doing you harm. So however you can, if it's ugly, you've got to get through some way. Ask the Holy Spirit, how can I honor my father? Even if it's deceased, how can I honor him? If it's bad, you know, maybe it's tough. Maybe you just have a, a dad that's, that's trying to help you become a success in life, and sometimes that's not fun, and you can hate him. That's just a good dad, honestly. I mean, he's not trying to be your friend. He's trying to be your father. But that may be tough for you in the stage that you're in. You've got to get alone with God and say, show me how to honor my father. And it opens up heavenly provision to you. Uh, maybe it's good, and that's a great thing. But you can still find ways to honor him. God says, I will turn the hearts of the father to the children and the children to the father so that there can be healing on the earth. But maybe you're here today and you um, are, are, you've given your life to Christ, but you've just never seen God as a good dad. You've seen him as this holy God that is far away and he doesn't like you very much. Yeah, well, that's the God I grew up with, so please don't make me have a sozo appointment. <laughs> Look at the Bible says, Romans chapter 8. We're going to come to a close here, Romans 8. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, remember who gave you this spirit. You received God's spirit. When he adopted you as his own children. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, the first thing that happens is all of your sins are completely erased. The Bible says forgotten. The next thing that happens, and it could happen right here this morning, right where you're sitting. Because this is the age of grace where salvation is available to you. 
It will be over when Jesus returns for the second time. But right now is the opportunity for you to become a son or a daughter of God. The next thing that happens that when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, open your heart and receive him in, your sins are completely forgiven, forgotten, and erased. Clean slate. The next thing that happens is the Father goes, and he breathes the spirit of his Son, Jesus Christ, into your soul. And you are what Jesus calls born again, spiritually. You are born. And in that instant, you become a son or a daughter of God for eternity. That's what he's saying right here. You received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, is the Aramaic word for daddy. Abba, daddy, father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. First John says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. God, our Father, is a lavishing Father that we should be called the children of God, exclamation point. And that's what we are. The reason the world doesn't know us is that it didn't know him. And finally, John 1 says, but to all who believed in him, all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to. The authority to become to become children of God. We're not all children of God. You must come to God through His Son. They are reborn. Not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan. But birth that comes from God. So maybe you're here today and your relationship with the earthly father is a little rocky. The heavenly father is here to touch your heart. I pray that today's message was more than some words scribbled on a piece of paper. I pray that it has begun to open up to you the possibility that you could run into your Heavenly Father's arms without fear and experience His heavenly embrace and you can feel safe and secure and courageous in life. Because your heavenly father has his eye on you. I pray today as a father, if you're here, that from this day forward, you will always know that you're being fathered as you're fathering. And you can look up and say, I need some more stuff. (laughs) And finally, if you're here today and uh, you've never received Jesus Christ as your savior, And God is God to you. And you want him to be your father. That's up to you. Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Because Jesus is the one that paid the price for your sins So that you could have a relationship with the Father that you don't deserve. But one that you get to have. If you accept the sacrifice that Jesus made for you on the cross. And that's your decision to make. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to make that decision right now. Would you just close your eyes with me in this place this morning? I'm going to ask for those of you uh, that are here that you've already given your life to Jesus. I don't want you to daydream right now or think about what you're going to have for lunch. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to show you the Father. Just open your heart and say to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you, teach me about the love of the Father. Invite him to do that. It's going to start at the beginning of your prayer. Teach me about the love of my heavenly father, the love he has for me as a dad. Just invite the Holy Spirit to show the father to you. And if you're here today as they are praying that prayer and you've never received Jesus Christ as your savior, God is not your heavenly father. He honestly is your judge at this moment. But that will completely change if you receive his son because your sins will be completely forgiven and therefore there'll be nothing to judge you for. And you will be embraced into his family. But you have to receive his son Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. If that's you, 
and you want to do that this morning, will you raise your hand right where you are and say, I want to ask Jesus into my life. And I'm going to, I'm going to have you pray a prayer. I'm not going to call you down front. I'm just going to have you pray a prayer right where you are. You're inviting Jesus into your heart. Will you raise your hand really high so I can see it? I'm asking, I want to ask Jesus Christ into my heart today to be my Savior so my God can be my Heavenly Father. Raise your hand really high if that's you so I can see. You want to ask Jesus Christ into your life today to be your Savior. Forgiveness of your sins. Hey, Josh, are you by any chance about to bust into Abba? <laughs> Either I'm really smart or you're just really anointed or both. What do you think? That new song you wrote, that was awesome. That was powerful. That was the Father's provision. Josh wasn't writing songs when he first came. He hadn't done that in a while. And the Lord opened him up. Now God's providing for Josh and Josh is providing for us. That's how it works, heaven on earth. Let's all stand this morning. Let's sing this song together.